Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. And for the past several episodes, we have been celebrating Odyssey's 50th anniversary. So it's happy birthday to Odyssey House. And and what we thought would be interesting, since we are uh, the largest behavioral health treatment center in the state of Utah, to look at the past, the the glorious past of, of Odyssey House. And my guest today, and I'm excited to have him here, is someone, I, I hope you're not embarrassed by me saying this, that you were captain of the Odyssey ship for like several decades, Glenn Lambert. Welcome. Well, thank you. Are it's you embarrassed by me saying that, saying that? Uh, well, I was executive director for 32 years. Well, so. that's, you know, on our <laughs> logo here, we have a ship in the middle. So, you know, so you were getting that ship going through those decades. Uh, how many years were you at, at Odyssey? Well, I came uh, in its sixth year, November 7th, actually. That would have been? Uh, 1977. Right. We started in 71. That's why we're celebrating our 50th birthday. And then I retired as executive director in 2009. And then was president for a year and consulted for a little while. So a lot of years. People don't realize, but and, and, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but people who work at Odyssey House, it can be very a very stressful but rewarding job. How'd you make it through all those years? Well, certainly there were stresses, but uh, it was such a wonderful community of support and caring and love. And to me, it was more of a cause than a job. So I was driven by the purpose of Odyssey House. So whenever I might get down or something like that, I would remind myself why I was there and the privilege of helping people. So uh, that kept me going for all those years. You know, we tried to, we tried to figure out uh, how many clients we've had over those 50 years. And our, our uh, chief financial officer came up with a number, and he, he doesn't think it's an overestimation, but 150,000 clients over those 50 years. Does well, that... I have no idea, but that could be very possible. Can you Certainly imagine? during my tenure, uh, there were thousands yeah. of people. But when I first came, and there were only 27 clients wow. when I started as a director. So, And that, and for... for those of you watching and maybe you've driven around Salt Lake City, we started with the one location. Yes. Our our down our iconic downtown house on what is it, sixty eight South Sixty East, yes. Yeah. So and I'm sure you've driven by it in the, in the blue and white and it's a how many story building would you call it? Three? Well, with a basement, it's four. Okay. All right. <laughs> so talk about the early days. You said you had twenty eight clients. Uh, what was life like back then? At Odyssey House. Well, actually, my first day, the funding agent came in to take out the funding, and I said, and I hadn't even met them. So it was a, a race to keep the place open at first, uh, but by the end of that year, we had opened the Adolescent Center, and we were up uh, to close to 100 clients residential at that time. 28 to 100 in one year under yes. your tutelage. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, and we had opened the Adolescent Center, which, uh, since I really liked adolescence, was a, 
a big thing to me. So we had two residential centers by the end of the year, and they were both full. What was the Salt Lake City, Utah, is considered a very conservative city state. What what was the attitude of the community like when 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 you took over and 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 they knew that you were you know you, you Odyssey deals with with very difficult people uh, heroin addicts meth addicts uh, alcoholics uh, what what was the community reaction like? Well, I would say that actually we had a or at least gained a lot of community support. And uh, we went out and met with the community and the universities and with uh, various faith traditions and with a lot of political things. So I think in, in many ways it was an education opportunity. That a lot of people just, addiction wasn't on their radar. Right. And so, yes, we dealt with the difficult clients often, but the clients back then, many of them weren't in as much psychiatric difficulty as many of the clients you see today. They had just gone off and used drugs and got addicted, and we had some extraordinarily gifted people, very, very bright, that went on for medical degrees in college and that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, that was fun, but uh, yes, we certainly had a conservative group that just wanted to punish, so we always had to push uh, the idea that changing lives not only uh, was a humane thing to do, but it was a cost-effective thing to do. So. Um, we always had to emphasize the cost and how much money we were saving the community. Because, so. because back then, the attitude was pretty much, uh, don't do drugs. If you do drugs, you're going to jail, right? That, yeah. There was the threat and, and that they belonged in prison, and that's what you did. You punished people. And, so and, a lot of that was the attitude, yes. Now, you're a licensed clinical social worker, and, and your opinion on that philosophy is what? Well, uh, it's, it's a complicated, complex issue, as you know, with many aspects to it. But certainly the research is very, very clear that uh, addiction can be conquered and that it's much cheaper to treat it than to just throw them in prison for long terms. Uh, I will say that sometimes criminal sanctions are useful in that a lot of people don't get treatment without them. It's shocking to a lot of people, however. People that have been court-ordered to treatment actually have better outcome rates than people who enter voluntarily. So you know, the sanctions sometimes work. And you're right about that. You know, one of the amazing things I've witnessed while I've been at Odyssey is, you remember when they uh, crack, when they Operation Rio Grande cracked down on everybody down around the uh, the, the large homeless shelter, and after uh, and, and and people were offered the option of of jail or going to treatment, and Odyssey played a big role in that, and some of the most uh, some of the highest success rates. We had after a year, uh, when Operation Rio Grande was going, were with the people who came in from Rio Grande, as opposed to some of the other clients that we had. 
Yeah, they appreciate what a difference it makes in their life. I mean, the cost to addiction is enormous, medically, psychiatrically, uh, loss, business opportunities, crime. But the greatest loss, really, is a loss of human potential. Uh, I always found it a gift to learn from clients in treatment because they turned their lives around, and they often appreciated that. And all of us get to learn various things in our lives, and so they took those as learning opportunities and turned their life around. And so they were often came out with more insight and more relationship skills. They had to catch up on their education and their job skills, but it also was a, a learning opportunity. I'm a recovering alcoholic, and, and we often talk about the fact in, in meetings and, and, and in, in, with people in recovery that perhaps, and this is not to demean people who are not in recovery or haven't ever suffered from an addiction, perhaps we're stronger because we went through what we had to go through. And a lot of that is being honest in terms of talking to people, uh, knowing you know, what makes you tick and, and understanding yourself a lot better, which enables you to go out and be perhaps more successful. I, I agree. You can learn social skills and you can learn insight, but the courage to face oneself and accept it. And where a lot of people can also have the illusion, well, I can get out of this or or that. So uh, I, I think uh, your philosophy is a good one. Without naming names, because we keep, obviously, we keep our clients' names confidential, do you have any uh, success stories that stand out to you, like somebody who graduated Odyssey House and then went on to do other things? Well, actually, the first one that came to mind is someone I had the privilege of also having an individual therapy at Odyssey House who went on and became a very prominent psychiatrist and gave back uh, in that way uh, to the community, wanted to make a difference, particularly with young people. Huh. And so contributed that way. But I could give thousands of really heartwarming stories. Uh, but one thing we often don't look at because we define it economically, life too much, is so many of them um, uh, became great parents and didn't pass on the multi-generational cycle of child abuse, neglect, addiction. Uh, one of the wonderful things about Odyssey House, it was the first program in the country that recognized the correlation between trauma, child abuse, sexual abuse, and addiction, and also pushing that on. So Odyssey House is the first program in the country that started a parents program where the children were also treated with the parents. And one of my privileges was opening the first one of those programs uh, in Utah. First the women and children, and then the fathers and children, and then the Children's Service Center. Uh, so there are many aspects of success. A lot of people look, what jobs did they have? Did they become right. famous? Yeah. Millionaires. But one yeah. of the things I'm most happy about 
is uh, that people became great parents and children were saved in the future. I've got to tell you, when I first started working at Odyssey, we they wanted us to see all the programs so we understood what was going on. And the first one I went to was the parents program. And that's still, I just have this this warmth in my heart uh, for the program. It's, it's a small program. We only take like 16 mothers and a few fathers uh, and what, 23 children, I think, something that's the max. And they all live in one house, uh, the, the moms, and then the dads have a separate house. And, and you see, there's just so much going on there and, and that's, that's warm and, and loving and, and huge motivation for the parents to succeed because they're with their little ones and they, they know they have to succeed if they want to continue life with their children. And, and, Absolutely. And that happened while you uh, under your watch, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and Odyssey House, again, pioneered that in New York. I, um, and one aspect, I, I just like to mention, the fathers and children is a particular cause that I really had to fight for politically because women and children gain funding, but they wouldn't give anything to fathers. Fathers, you know, if it was a father, they go to prison. It was a bum. Yeah, and the children go into the foster system, and I fought really hard uh, to recognize fathers as part of it. So that second piece of including fathers with children, because many fathers are single parents also, So that was uh, a great day when we were able to open up that program. And I've, I've been told, I don't know if it's true or not, that we're the only treatment center west of the Rockies that has a Fathers with Children's program. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I suppose it's anecdotal, and if somebody's watching, no, I, say, no yeah, we, I, we have a program. Uh, it, you know. Yeah, it, it may <laughs> be, but certainly... Uh, in New York, it was a family program, but out here, there was no funding for fathers and children. So right. it cursed both the children and the fathers. So, yes, when it was open, it was the first one west. I don't yeah. know if that's, okay. I don't think that's the case today. Well, kudos to you for starting that program for people who don't understand. Uh, maybe you, you can explain it. You started it, uh, our child services, how the how the program works, because you have parents living with their kids while, while their parents are going through treatment. What happens to their kids during the day? Well, the, the children get uh, both education, but they get treatment. Uh, and then the family unit is treated so that parenting, communication, and those skills are brought into it so that the families remain intact and it makes a difference. Uh, again, it's a political fight we had to recognize it's not just the addict. Those ripple effects uh, that come down um, uh, curse another generation. Right. And so stopping that uh, was very, very important. I might add, it's a little correlated, is that I'm proud of the fact that Utah was the first treatment program in the country that had a school that was incorporated, uh, and it was funded by the Osman Foundation. Really? And um, so, and that became, it started here, and that became, uh, we entered that into the rest of the Odyssey House system, including the other countries we're in. 
And so also schooling and vocational rehabilitation became a part, and that's one of the unique things that Odyssey House brought to the treatment uh, method nationally. In our, uh, again, for those of you who aren't aware, in our adolescent residential house, we have one, two, three, three classrooms, uh, and, and we have teachers from the Salt Lake City School District, Horizonte, uh, teaching the kids. And what's really great, because we've, we've all been in doing stories on them and everything, and the, the fact that an awful lot of kids uh, are way behind their grade level because of substance use or, or mental health issues, and, and we'd like to say we can send them out of the facility up to grade level, which is so important. Uh, and, and, and what's even greater is, is the ratio of teachers to students is like maybe seven to one, eight to one. So they get really individualized attention, and, and you, you got that whole thing going. Well, actually, the school was here when I started, and it was a, just a private school. It was unfunded. Uh, but then, yeah, it got linked up with the Salt Lake District. And we actually, anybody, it used to be, that entered without a high school education was also placed in it. So at least initially, the adults were placed into it and, and finished their GEDs. Right. So it served across the board. So Kudos to you for, I, I, I'm amazed. I, I, it's great being able to talk to somebody who was there while all this was happening. Back then, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was substance use or addiction considered a disease or a, a moral failing? Well, of course, uh, that's a complicated question because it was considered many things. But the concept of it being a disease was more theoretical, and it was related to AA. Well, it's a disease. By and large, the treatment uh, field it didn't have the brain science and some of those things. So, yeah, I think to a lot of people it was a moral failing or it was a problem on society, or it was political or something, and we just had to crush it uh, as a war. So I think over the years, the openness that it's a treatable illness, and that there are really thing, real things that happen genetically and in your brain right. that make a difference, uh, over the years became much, much more prominent and became a much greater part of treatment. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you how many, when I talk to people about my alcoholism or, or drug addiction with other people, I say, well, just stop doing it. Why well, can't I used you just to stop doing it. I, I during the Reagan years, where Nancy Reagan just say no. Nancy Reagan, uh, Reagan would just say, "Just say no," and it's not that easy. I mean, like uh, I like to say, a normal person, uh, the uh, the waves, your pleasure centers of your brain get hit if you're happy about uh, twenty to forty times a second. However. Cocaine by itself is over 300. So there's nothing in the normal world that relates to addiction. And so to just say, well, just stop it is an easy thing to say 
for those of us that haven't been addicted, it's hard to comprehend the power of addiction. You have to learn that. I remember one of my therapists, uh, she, she called it a breakthrough. Uh, I went through an IOP program up at uni a couple of times, uh, and I was sitting in her office, and it was in the fall, and she said, she said, look out my window. What do you see? And I say, I see some beautiful red and yellow leaves. And she goes, that's a breakthrough because what people don't understand is what you just said is when you're used to having your pleasure center pleasured that many times by an artificial substance, then things that normal people see as beautiful or pleasurable, we don't see. Yes, I... I'd like to give an example of that from a client. We used to take all the residents on a week camping. Right. And it was we still great do. fun. Uh, great. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing someone crying. And I said, is something wrong? He said, no. Look at the sky. It is so beautiful. Look at that. And he says, I've been addicted to heroin for 10 years. And I haven't looked at the sky and I forgot how much beauty there is. And so one of the things that I think is wonderful about Odyssey House is that it tackles the whole person. And it says you need to change a lifestyle. And so not only does it just deal with, okay, let's get rid of the addiction, but how do I create joy in my life? How do I create happiness? How do I create relationships? Because we need to find alternatives or to the excitement of addiction. And so that's all part of the process. I can't imagine how you feel. Are, are you still active in the field? Are you retired or what? I'm mostly retired. I still see some clients um, that I'm finishing up with. COVID has made that difficult because yes, it's all yes, online. Yes. And, uh, but, yeah, I try to stay up on the field. How do you – I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sing your praises here, but looking back over your years at Odyssey and the things that you accomplished with the program – but more importantly, the things you accomplished with clients, it's, it's got to be fulfilling as hell. I think it gives you great purpose, and it's a great gift. And I always like to refer, they're not my accomplishments, they're our accomplishments. And so when you're the client, they're the ones that are putting in the work. You have the gift of being able to contribute to them, hopefully. Uh, but one nice thing about Odyssey House is that it's a collective community effort. Right. So it's always uh, we. So, yeah, that brought me great purpose and great joy. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember it with mostly fondness. <laughs> do, you, do you have... Uh... Do you have clients? Because I mean, a lot of clients, it, it's it's known as the strictest or the toughest program uh, in, in in the treatment industry. Really, uh, do you have clients who just hated the program, uh, who have said angry things to you, and and vice versa? Do you have people who have, over the years, run into you and said thank you? Well. Uh, one of the nice things is to be in the community at the arts festival or something right. and have somebody come up and say, you saved my life. Thank you. And I've actually had people come up and said, 
I hated it while I was there, but thank you. I actually got a call just the other day from somebody 25 years ago, and he's been drug-free since, and been a father, and been gainfully employed, and he looked me up after all those years. He lives wow. in California and says thank you. Uh, but certainly, one thing, there's always a cautionary tale that, you know, you have to stay somewhat vigilant. You can change your life, but there's also people after 20 years that, you know, you, you do have to remain vigilant. The, uh, the program, as, as I just alluded to, is considered one of the strictest. And when I talk to people, let's say VOA Detox or places like that, and they have a choice of coming to Odyssey or going to other programs, lots of times they'll say, I don't want to go to Odyssey because I heard it so hard. Is it hard? Is it a hard program? Well, I think in many ways any treatment that is successful is going to be difficult for most people. And it's not like we become addicted because we want a lot of tough things in our lives. Well, let me just uh, tough it out. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, it's about also escape and all those sorts of things. Uh, so, yeah, holding people accountable and also looking at behavior. Uh, one thing Odyssey House always tried to do was also look at values, you know, Addiction still doesn't excuse hurting other people or committing crimes. And you have to change a lifestyle also. You can't, you're not doing the community any favors in my judgment. Okay, I'm not addicted anymore, but I still commit crimes and I am not uh, a good partner or a friend, or that sort of thing. So I do believe, and that's tough, and most people that go into treatment, they want, you know, their first thing is, what's the easiest? Okay, well, the detox make me feel good, and is it over in three days? Right. And, and right. then I'm fine, so. And, and, and part of Odyssey's philosophy, as opposed to a lot of for-profit places and maybe some other uh, nonprofit places is that the that we believe the longer you're in treatment, therefore our programs are longer, uh, the better chance you have of success. Well, certainly the research backs that up. And, uh, you know, as a private therapist, uh, you know, in a fee-for-service bar individuals, it's tough to get someone where you can't really hold them accountable and see if they're really using sure. it or that sort of thing. But there's a definitive correlation between success often and length of time, not for everyone. And nobody's journey is the same, and some people need a certain sum, and there are some people that just quit and that's it. Uh, but frequently also that there are psychiatric issues. Sure. Um, and Odyssey House is actually was on the forefront of that, a psychiatrically oriented uh, therapeutic community. Uh, because over 50% of mentally ill people, for example, will have a substance use problem mm -hmm. sometime in their life. And if you don't treat uh, the mental illness, then you're not be going to be successful. And it used to be, uh, you know, like in AA, you know, if you took psychotropics, you're out of here. Right. And I, I think that that attitude has changed. So you have to, again, look at the whole person. 
Let me, uh, you and I will both be dead long gone, but like say 25, 30 years from now, I hope you're still alive. <laughs> you know, I put us we'll both pretty old. Where do you, if you had a crystal ball, where would you see a treatment for substance use issues in say 20, 25 years? Are they going to come up with a drug that I just give you a shot and then you're no longer addicted? Well, actually, I guess I, I'm a little concerned about that because uh, much of the emphasis now is finding another medication right. that takes away your anxiety or takes away this or takes away your craving. And I just think you need to combine those with treatment so you gain the life skills and the attitudes and the psychological strength to also live life successfully. And a little concern I have now, there's so much emphasis, well, let's just find a pill to make it better. And, and some of those pills are extraordinarily helpful. Uh, but if it's only that, the other stuff goes out the window. And um, so I am concerned about that because that's a huge that's emphasis uh, yeah. in the field. But you know, look in 25 years, none of us can guess, particularly with the internet and uh, things being treated, uh, what will be done? Because a lot of therapy will also be done on the internet. And um, so we see, I hope we don't forget uh, at some point the whole person. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, what, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share about your time at Odyssey House? No, just the privilege of seeing people grapple with themselves, to be honest, and uh, to learn uh, that love exists. I remember hearing, what is love? And for those of us that grew up with it, we just took it for granted. And it taught me never take love for granted. Good By talk. the way, it was a great privilege uh, to spend time talking about Odyssey House. Good parting thought. I, I thank you for sharing your thoughts. And, and uh, look back at history. I, I, I'm, I've only worked at Odyssey for four years, and I'm proud to be a part of such a, uh, you know, such a, a long, outstanding organization that I think is going to be around forever. Hopefully, someday there may not be a need for it, and that would be great. But thank you for all you've done. Well, thank you. Okay. Glenn Lambert has been our guest, and, and this has been another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Mm -hmm.